The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, joining me on the soapbox on the hard shoulder today is Dr. Jennifer Cassidy. She is a lecturer in diplomatic studies at Oxford University. Uh, Jennifer, it is good to see you. And thanks a million for coming into studio uh, to see us. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the role of social media in diplomacy and yep. during conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, in advance of, of our conversation, I was thinking about it. And, and like anybody, I suppose you're kind of vaguely aware that you know, the use of media as a kind of a tool of propaganda uh, uh, by states is not necessarily new. No. Was there a point in time, though, where where, where you can say, listen, this, this, this period, this event was the real genesis for kind of the social media uh, revolution on this front? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I like to call the social media aspect in be it diplomacy or politics, whatever you want to call it in a crisis, an evolution and not a revolution. Okay. Um, and so that was one of the key things that came out of my PhD research um, a number of years ago. I thought I went into my PhD research, so I looked at how diplomats use social media during political crises. And my key case studies were Ukraine 2013-14 and oh, yeah. actually Israel Gaza 2014 as well which people have now said to me, can you please stop writing case studies? And I was like, I tend to agree because I didn't know that this would all be, you know, um, foreshadowed. But I thought when I began this, because it was the first, the world's first um, PhD on on how diplomats, this was pre-Trump, how diplomats use social media during political crises. And I began this thing of saying, oh, it's going to blow it out of the water. I'm going to do this amazing PhD. And, you know, I, I myself am even going to be surprised by my own work. That mm-hmm. is not what happened. I ended it with saying, well, you know what? This is just another revolution in the technology that we have always seen coming on. And one key anecdote is of this is that when Lord Palmerston in 1851, when he, he was the British Foreign Secretary mm. at the time, when he received his first telegraph, his direct quote verbatim was, by God, this is the end of diplomacy. And that is because he had to reply within four weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. And he said, how am I going to attend my dinners? And I was like, you know, how am I going? And his whole diary is, so with, with be it the television, be it the, the radio, be it the facts, we've always said that this is the end of diplomacy as we know it, the end of political crises as we know it. But I just see it as a uh, an evolution and not, um, no, an evolution and not, and not a revolution. Uh, so how then would you describe the the state we have evolved yeah, to at the moment? Are, yeah, exactly. There are d- distinct things, of course, then I wouldn't yeah. be in the job if there were, weren't distinct things that distinguish this revolution or this evolution, excuse me, and now I'm uh, correcting myself. So the first would be the Arab Spring um, in 2010-11. Mm. And I was doing my... Um, uh, masters at the time in global governance and diplomacy and, and I didn't even know you know I started my degree in violin I had no idea that I was going to end up you know st- study, studying this but the whole rhetoric at the time studying it was and, and, and learning about it was you know we are in a completely new era um, a, a new yeah 
to use the word again, revolution where people are able to in real time through Twitter and Facebook, no matter how kind of mon- um, not mundane, but, you know, very uh, not as advanced as they are now. Yeah. But we could still see the protests from, you know, Libya, from Egypt, from Tunisia, um, all of them coming out in the square and getting their demands, which they have been speaking about for years by corrupt governments. So that was the first real kind of uh, genesis, let's say, of where we began with social media and organising and challenging governments. And of course, this did not end up as we saw in what the predictions were that this would lead to democracy in all these countries. And that is just like my uh, PhD, you know, the once you start looking at the evidence, uh, you know, the 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 theory comes out very, very differently. So how quickly did states respond to what was happening? Uh, like uh, in terms of their use of social media to manage the message, how quickly did they respond to what was happening, say, during the Arab Spring? Did they cotton on to the fact that this is a new front, as it were? Yeah, so n- globally, no, no states okay. caught on to it. But um Precisely, as you've noted, during the Arab Spring, there was an immediate crackdown, um, particularly from Egypt, where they uh, removed Facebook and and Twitter. And then they also removed 95% of internet usage um, from from the uh, Egyptian people. So they they knew that, but that still didn't stop the Egyptians um, and also the Tunisians organizing and protesting like a, a door had been had a door had been opened uh, and also we should note then the surveillance issue which we still see very much today this was again the beginning of it just the way the the squares were prevailed um or surveilled in in the middle ages uh, the or even you know in in the 20th centuries for people who were uh, you know, not adhering to the, the word of the government. Social media then began to be surveilled. So anyone with 5,000 followers or above in Egypt, you know, were, you know, brought in, um, interrogated um, and, uh, you know, were seen as, you mm. know, an enemy of the state. So uh, regarding the Arab Spring, they acted extremely quickly and there's still a lot of restrictions today in that region because of that. But globally, no, the the it did not spread regarding uh, quote unquote the western countries picking up uh, social media they were very very reluctant to do so uh, uh, and at this point then in time 2024 do we find ourselves at the opposite end of the spectrum yes. you know is that kind of diplomacy now is kind of is is all carried out through social channels it yeah. seems yeah and i would say that uh, i call it digital diplomacy so digital diplomacy is simply just another tool in the diplomatic toolbox, hence the the, the evolution. Mm. So it is not that diplomacy is replaced by technology. It's just a different wing in which states can get their strategic narratives out, in which they can use propaganda, disinformation, or in a positive manner, let's have some posi- positivity yeah. in it, you know, in which they can get their stance out, just like we're seeing South Africa in Gaza and Indonesia um, and Mexico standing up. And that's all done through social media. We would not have known any of this uh, had it not been for for, for social media. I, I, you, you think back to 
kind of epochal events like the Vietnam War and yeah, would yeah. we know things like uh, like, uh, like Lai massacres? Would we know anything about them were it not for the kind of the phenomenon uh, at that time of kind of embedded journalists in the front line? And maybe it's, we wouldn't. And, and we've kind of... It's that kind of acorn grown into a mighty oak we yeah, have now. The revolution, yeah, we, we, we know everything yeah, that yeah, happens yeah, it's on like, every front line. I keep, I keep saying revolution. I just want to say it's an <laughs> evolution, yeah. not a revolution, no matter how many times I say uh, revolution. Uh, but the Vietnam War actually... So this was one of the first, and again, this shows the evolution of, of tech, technology and that everything is just simply a new toolbox in uh, in the diplomatic communication um, arsenal that they have. So uh, it, with the Vietnam War, we saw for the first time in American history, one of the greatest anti-war protests that we have ever seen. And that has been a key variable historians and political science have analysed as to why they lost, not even lost, you know, enormous support for the Vietnam War, but also lost the war itself. You need Mm. people to rally behind the flag. And that has been laid at the feet of, it was the first time televisions were put in the rooms of, of Americans. Um, and for so for the first time, Americans could actually see what war was like, what they were sending their sons um, um, and their husbands over to fight in. This, there no longer was this kind of jingoism, this kind of like unfit unbridled love for war and mm. fight for and, and fight for America they saw what was happening uh, to their to their own troops and that has been seen as a key factor in in why there was such an anti-war uh, protest for Vietnam and the television and the link there so technology has always been linked to political political yeah. crises and the growth of it how would you describe the way in which social media then has been used in, I know you, you, you said you did these case studies on Ukraine and Gaza in 2014, and of course we're talking about them again. How would yeah. you describe it, their, their use today in both of those theatres? Yeah, so looking at, um, you know, uh, how to speak in, in on, on the, I don't even want to call it a war, you know, mm. um, in, in Gaza in such a short time, but I'll just zone in on one point for, for the time we have. One thing that is so uniquely different to what we have seen um, in Gaza is the role of journalists, which is very, very distinct to what we've seen in Ukraine. Yes, there you know, are a, a number of very prominent journalists in Ukraine, but for 2.2 million people um, in Gaza, if that is still, you know, the figure of, of people, which I, I doubt it is the, the number of, of people. But the the role of journalists, they have been what I call a window um, into Gaza. And we have never seen that before. The It is what I call, you know, real real time governance, real time political watching. It is almost like, and I don't say this in a diminished way, it is almost like we are in an AI simulation for what we're watching. Like we are, you know, I'm sure you're you're the same. Every morning we see, we truly feel like we are in it. Um, And, you know, it's real people 
talking to us and every morning, you know, I check up on a number of journalists and I know this, I'm not the only one, so many people do. Um, and and one case in point is, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Motaz, he has just, uh, one of the key journalists, He his figures on Instagram, for example, speak for themselves. He just passed Biden on, on, on the number of followers on Instagram and now he has just um, um, uh, evacuated to Qatar, which, you know, he right, rightfully is allowed to do after 110 days of, of, of covering this war and losing so many people. But mm. but the role of journalists has been uh, phenomenal. And I think that's what is going to be really, really key. Um, I myself worked on the Khmer Rouge tribunals in, in Cambodia uh, and had saw people face to face daily who were then charged with genocide and crimes against humanity. I only heard the statements from the victims and that was enough to, you know, uh, you have that central reaction. But just now with with this evidence that the journalists are showing and also the with the Israeli uh, forces essentially documenting their own war crimes, Mm. this is something that is also going to be extremely new for the court, um, how to deal with... um, real-time evidence um, and how to deal with uh, formulating them and actually seeing who took them, where and backing, making sure it's the right people. So it's a completely new world for both international and diplomatic law um, and yeah. also uh, political crises in general. It's um, it's fascinating stuff. And I mean, we, we only mentioned AI by way of passing. It's oh, the, yeah. kind of the next Great yeah, front of that, that evolutionary five cycle. Five days later, we'd still be here, but yeah, yeah. Um, Jennifer, listen, it's been real interesting talking to you and thanks a million for coming in Thank to the so studio. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Cassidy, who is a lecturer in diplomatic studies at Oxford University. Uh, the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.